0: Love Life, featuring your hosts Rebecca Detman and Jane Dunn. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the
1: light. Emotional pain is a reminder to place myself first beautiful. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan.
0: I realise we have done some quite heavy episodes of late, cancer, etc. And today we are going into some territory which is also quite heavy and it's the realm of abusive relationships, which unfortunately many people in this lifetime will find themselves in. And we need to clarify at this point, we are not necessarily talking about the typical you know, dad beats mum up type of 1950s arrangement. It could be being um, bullied by a boss at work. It could be being bullied by a family member, like a cousin or a brother or sister that's hidden or disguised from the parents uh, in the schoolyard or out of hours. It could be financial abuse, uh, where people bully you through money or coercion. It could be... I mean, you know, of course we've got sort of the mental, the physical, the sexual and the, and the monetary... the and... Yep, different ways that people can be... can be in any way pushed around by others. So... We wanted to talk today about how you can begin to read the early warning signs when you first meet somebody, whether that person walks in through a business door, whether that person meets in through a friendship door, sorry, walks in through a friendship door, whether they appear on the dating circuit. Uh, or whether it's a family member you've always had a funny feeling about, we want to give you some tools today to better tap into your own intuition around, first of all, being able to read the energy when the energy feels a little bit funny, be able to trust what you're receiving in the messages or the red flags, the warning bells, the funny things that
1: don't add up, and finally, what to do about it. Jane? This suggestion for this topic came about from a really mainstream... Trashy fun moment. My gorgeous friend has been is having a, a passionate long distance love affair with a girl called Bethany, who's on the Real Housewives of New York. Now, she's some big famous celebrity that I don't know because I don't <clears throat> I don't tend to follow that stuff too much. And uh, she said, "You've got to watch this." She, she's back on the episodes and she's fabulous. So I put it on like, uh, yesterday and watched an episode of. of of the Real Housewives of New York. And this chick is really intuitive and very strong. She's a full-blown warrior woman, but she was calling a situation about another woman's boyfriend and saying something's not right. She's overselling him to us. Something's not right. And as the show played out, she was spot on. And it got me thinking about what are the early warning signs, because this girl has really picked up on it so early, way before the abuse has actually really started in this relationship. So I was so impressed by that that I thought, wouldn't this be so powerful if we can try and get some information coming through about what are some very clear early warning signs? We could save a lot of people a lot of pain here. Mm. So... That's the backstory. I then spent some process time and shower time, which is when I can join lots of dots. And I recognised characters in other reality shows that I went, yes, there's the early signs. That's going to play out as abusive soon. And then I've looked at clients as well and, and have seen it. Now, as far as boy meets girl goes, but this can play out also in every friendship. Jealousy. Jealousy will be the trigger for a lot of domestic violence or abuse. So as Beck said at the intro, this can be in the workforce. This can be in friendship group. It can be same-gender friends. It can be in partners. It can be anywhere. But jealousy will be a big trigger. Obsessive control. Well, that actually, that's earlier. So jealousy is the trigger that takes the person from this is all good, everything's fine, into I didn't see that coming. I've now had my head thrown against a wall or I've just been completely um, demoted and had my livelihood cut out from under me or I've been completely socially ostracised from my whole friendship group. Mm. You know, it will be jealousy. Is, I'm telling you that that is 99% of the time, that is the moment it's going to move right into the dark side so what triggers it earlier than that well sorry that's the trigger what is the behavior earlier than that so you can get the early warning Mm. bells Mm. to start to look closer with open eyes at could this potentially tip over into an abusive relationship
0: i mean a full-blown empath Um, There may be those of you out there who are just able to instantly read it. Man walks into the room, I don't like him, I don't trust him, I can feel it. Well, that is me. Yes, and people say, what do you mean? How do you, you don't know him, you haven't met him, how can you say that? There are people who are going to begin with that. A lot of people don't. Most people don't have that skill. So that's why we've got to get the early warning signs. So when I have clients who are in quite abusive setups and they're looking to get out, and I'll have a chat to them about the, the how the relationship has unfolded, they will always end up admitting that the red flags, the warning bells, the gut feelings were there. Right back, even if it was 25 years ago or three years ago, they will always say at the beginning, the signs were there, but I pushed them away and did not deal with them. The signs are always there. Even if it's a situation where, for example, somebody starts to hit the other person and they don't begin hitting until maybe one and a half to three years into the relationship, the signs will still be there. That's right. And that's what Jane and I are talking about today. Do you know... When I was lived in Sydney, and I've referenced this maybe once or twice, or maybe I haven't. When I lived in Sydney and I worked as a journalist um, for a major glossy publication um, in Australia, National Magazine, my editor at the time um, was a highly abusive person. Now, I was only about 23, 24 years of age. I did not have any of the knowledge that I have now whatsoever. I had only just started meditating and bought a deck of angel cards. That was the extent of my spirituality. Um, I was young. I was naive. I was in the big smoke from a small town. And this woman came in and everybody loved her. Often, particularly in environments where we're talking about psychopaths, sociopaths, or anyone who's a mastered manipulator, some bullies are a bit more harmless than that, but others have made it into a narcissistic art form, like an actual borderline personality disorder type mental health issue. This woman was an expert at it, an expert at it. So she knew how to make everybody love her, charisma, charm, performed well in job interviews, climbed up high in the system. Most people thought she was great. If you worked under her or she didn't like you she found a number of insidious ways to to torture you which were unprovable untrackable invisible under the radar these are these are the professional bullying experts now I'm telling you all of this because I'll never forget this one afternoon she'd only been my editor for maybe a few days and I'd written a little paragraph about something really vacuous like Jennifer Lopez's new bikini, bikini or whatever the, <laughs> the important story of the week was, right? And it was just before knockoff time. And there was a group of people standing around and I was there and she would put some editing queries in to the, to the file. And I sort of asked her about it and she said, Oh, really lovely in front of everyone. Oh, don't worry, Rebecca, you, you go home. I'll, I'll look after it for you. I'll, you go home and I'll fix up those little, those little things for you. I thought, great, lovely. So I went home, came back the next morning. Magazine was in print. She'd rewritten the entire article from head to finish with my name on it, but it was her words. And for, Now, so I'd enabled that and I'd allowed that. Now, what, what, I, what I would do now is I would go into her office and I would ask for an explanation Kindly and politely but I would want to know what took place there what did I do at 23 well I just let that go that was just a one-off that's just a one-off I don't want to upset her everyone likes her she's the new editor I'll just keep on trucking well where did that end me up in eight months time I wanted to kill myself the accumulation of the bullying what she was doing in the same way that a teenager will kind of harmlessly test you or a toddler will keep testing you and testing you and testing you to see how far you will go they will push you to find out where the boundary lines are. Now, in a healthy way, that makes people feel safe. For example, a teenager will push mum and dad to see where the discipline kicks in. If discipline does kick in, they'll bitch and moan about it, but they'll actually be left feeling like, deep down, mum and dad really do love me. They don't want me walking the streets at night. They don't want me getting in that car with that boy. Mum and dad actually really do care. and like my girlfriend, who can do whatever she wants and have people around at the house all weekend and take drugs. But mum and dad are never there. Mm. So I'm just going to boil all this back down and say what I learnt in that experience, which escalated to full-blown bullying, I had to go to higher management, I had a nervous breakdown, I was shaking and crying, it was a horrific experience in my life. And it began because the very first thing that my gut feeling felt was slightly off, I did not jump on immediately immediately. I let it go, I let it go, I let it go, I let it go. I live and let live. I enabled, I enabled, I enabled, I enabled until one day I woke up and I could not breathe. In fact, I vomited before I went to work at the thought of having to sit in the energy at that desk.
1: One of the things I want to touch on here is there's two types of people that can be abusive. One is the person that's been abusive their whole life, that they've grown up with it. This is what's been role-modeled to them. That's all that they know. And then what I am more concerned about, because they are possibly easier for most people to identify, what I am more concerned about is the second one that I believe, and it's not proven, this is just Jane's theory, I am feeling that we are seeing in pandemic proportions in both men and women, and that is the person that has never been abusive, but, boy, it is bubbling away under the surface and it's a ticking time bomb, and that is why we are seeing the statistics that we are seeing now off-the-chart statistics, statistics of violence, of, of abuse occurring in society, and not just in marriages it's but in every area. When people snap... Because yes. of lots of boiling, bubbling resentment or yes. other built-up
0: anger and feelings that Jane's talking about. And then one day, it's like they often say about the serial killer, he was just the
1: lovely man that lived next door down the street. That's and right. And little old ladies. That's the first sign. The first thing is to, or not sign, the first thing to clearly understand is that these people present initially as very, very good people. They are kind, they're trustworthy, they're honest, they're reliable, they're loyal. And they have that in abundance. But something's just not quite right. And it it can present as trying too hard. It can present as... So so that would be the very early, the very early signs I'd be looking for are "Are you trying just a little bit too hard, but here's where you've got to check in with yourself, but at the same time, not make assumptions, not make false judgments, because... That could be somebody that does have low self-worth, that isn't a ticking time bomb to become an emotionally or physically abusive person. It could just be a person that's trying to please. Just observe, observe, observe. observe. That's it. Just observe, observe. Now, if you observe that in the beginning, it's fine. It's not a red flag. It's just an observation. That energy moves into, if they potentially have this trigger, will move into possessiveness. So the first thing that you're going to start seeing in this energy zone is where they are going to be saying words like my employee, my friend, my partner. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll lose your name and you will become a title. So they will not be using um, this is my assistant Susie, this is my um, partner um, Steve, it will be, this is my partner, full stop. So the, the, what's going on on a NLP level and a, on, a, on a really manipulative level is that two things. Is One is that the possessiveness has just now risen and the um, loss of individual identity is actually very gently being chipped away at that you now no longer starting to exist. Ownership and control. Yes. Now, the next thing, so that's the very early, early signs to be looking for. It can be things like, you know, um, uh, should we go out for Japanese tonight for dinner? Oh, um, no, actually, I think I'd like to start... No, actually, that would be too big. Oh, yeah, we can do Japanese. And then you get in the car and you start heading out for Japanese and then it's like, actually, there's a really cool Thai place I'd like to go to. Can we go to that? It's so subtle and gentle that you won't notice. And it is... These people don't even know they're doing it. I'm telling you, they've got no idea. The full-blown narcissist knows exactly what they're doing or sociopath. These people are clinically not diagnosable as a narcissist or a sociopath. But this is the game they play unconsciously. So now what's happening is they're starting to slowly do two things. Take away your power, but groom you to be a people-pleasing saying yes to everything. You are being groomed. Make no doubts about it. Now, if you're already in a a great relationship, you've got healthy boundaries, nothing like this goes on in your life, I can tell you this is going on in your friend's life or people that you love. So listen up to all these signs so you can be the wise one to be witnessing it. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I do want to just touch on what to do when you witness it, because you may be like me in many situations in my life where I see all of this and there's nothing I can do about it. I've got to let it play out. Right, It's hard.
0: Gaslighting is another technique you might have heard about a bit on the internet more recently, and it comes from an old 1940s, 1950s movie where the husband was mucking around with the electrical wiring and making the wife think she was going crazy. It's the idea that they uh, the gaslighter will constantly trip you up or make you feel unsteady or unsure by acting like they're the completely sane one and you're the one that's kind of losing your marbles like you're the forgetful one you forgot this you got this wrong so for example that you'll say well what do you mean we're having dinner with your, your mother on sunday night and they'll say i told you that two weeks ago you remember we had the conversation and you'll think gosh, what's happening to
1: me? Am I, am I forgetting stuff? And they'll do that lovingly. They won't do it confrontationally. They do it, oh, sweetie, you've forgotten. Yeah, it's I, game playing. I told you this, like, a
0: month ago that I was going to be in Melbourne for that weekend, When and, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm sure I would have remembered if I'd known it would be in Melbourne for that weekend. That's a pretty big thing not to, like, But but they say it's so... Like Jane said, it's said lovingly and kindly and, and compassionately, and normally, and you just start to think, well, why would he lie? Like yeah. well, it's, it's, and but it's again, it's the slow erosion that happens over time, over time, over time. Um, so,
1: so control. Yes. So, so we go from the gentle manipulation of we're going to go to the Thai restaurant now, not the Japanese, and you go, oh, okay, fine. And and so we, we've started with the erosion eroding of self but at the same time manipulation of change, Mm. and now we're moving into full control. There may be other little um, red flags as well.
0: When you look at somebody's character, now either they do something or you hear through the grapevine that they did something and you think, that just doesn't add up. That can't be right. Why would they have done that weird behavior that just doesn't fit into the person I think I
1: know Mm. and then you dismiss
0: it because you think well I
1: know the person I know yeah it Um, doesn't add up mm. they are very powerful words to observe and start to put it under the magnifying glass a little bit more
0: yeah if you if you hear something so weird about someone that doesn't add up then you go and confront the person and you say look you know so and so down down the street said said this but that it's not true is it no no, no, they had it wrong, they'll tell you. And you, you'll be like, you'll so badly want to accept their, that what they've told you so that you have no dramas in your life and you'll say, oh, good, I thought there would be a logical, reasonable explanation for that, but your gut feeling still doesn't quite buy it. Mm. And this, is, this yes. is why I tell people to meditate. You have to have a very good, clear, sharp connection with yourself to really not only pick up these little things but honour them. Honour yes. them, honour them.
1: The next stage that it's going to move into is now control. We're now in, in control where you will be asking permission to do, be, have or say. You'll automatically be going, oh, is it okay if? And it's still all nice. There's still no raised voices. It's not ugly. This is, this is the trap. This is what people don't get is that all of this has been going on for several years now. And or or several months, some can be faster, some can be longer. But all of this has been done in niceness. There's not been a raised voice, there's not been an argument. It's just being conversations. So the next thing is is it okay if I go to the supermarket now? Does that suit you? And you won't even realize you're doing it. You are on automatic response because you have been trained to do this. And he will go or she will go, yeah, that's fine. Or, oh, is it okay if I take my lunch break now? Um, yeah, that's okay. And then the next day, um, no, you can't take your lunch break now, but you can in about 15 minutes. I just need you to do this. More manipulation, more eroding, more lack of self-belief, self-worth, self-love, boundaries, etc. Next thing, you are asking permission for every single thing in your life. And you are now Powerless. At this point, people who
0: know you very well, friends from years back, family members, will very politely and sensitively try to insert things like, how come you couldn't come out and meet the girls last Friday night when you always have? And you know what you'll start doing? Getting
1: super defensive.
0: Because he's been really sick lately and you don't understand what it's been like for us.
1: And that is what happened on Real Housewives, was that this Bethany girl picked up on the fact that this Lovely female friend of hers was overselling the boyfriend, and she's gone. There's the flag. You become you're their defending. biggest cheerleader. That's you, right. You are defending them,
0: protect and defend the abuser. That's right. Because what you're doing is justifying deep down the fact that you're allowing yourself to be eroded. But you and you don't still know that you are being
1: eroded. You're, in you're in deni- still in denial that that's denial. even happening. Subconscious denial. The other thing is that's probably gone on over the last six to twelve months is that you've lost friends long-term friends, people that you care about, they've been seeing less of you. They've possibly started saying, you know, what do you think of, particularly if this is in a partner situation, they'll be saying things like, you know, is everything all right with, you know, Sue or Steve or whatever? And, and you'll go, yeah, fine, everything's fine. And I go, well, I just, why did, you know, I didn't like the way that, He's very possessive of you or all his Facebook posts are always telling you what to do and say and think or he's giving you permission to even talk to me. You know, I mean, I, I've watched that. I've watched this person that actually says, oh, it's okay for you to talk to that one. That person's safe. That one's not safe. Manipulates. She's got no idea it's going on. And it's, it, it's really hard because, because to sit in and watch. In the, in the initial phases
0: of a lot of these relationships with, with, this, with the expert manipulators, they will love bomb you. So you,
1: well, but actually, even the ones that are not experts, yeah, that, that that's what I'm saying is that they love bomb you to start with. Their their possessiveness comes
0: across in the early stages as he or she is so into me. They're so attentive. They want to know everything about my day, my life, my friends. They ask me so much questions about myself. I've never felt so adored. And so the, it can be mistaken as real now moment attentiveness, like the, it's really conscious and present with everything about me. Uh-huh. And I, it's such yeah. a honeymoon period I'm in right now. I've never had anyone care so much bring flowers come over every night
1: phone me every second hour and while they're doing that they will when you first meet them they will um, latch on to what your victim story is whatever it is you know um i'm not coping because xyz so let's say um i'm not coping because i've got um 10 kids and i'm single and my husband walked out and and he meets you and he says well where's all your friends why aren't they doing this And they start to erode your support network. Now, this is really, this is red flag huge. Top level. When you can see that he is potentially or she is potentially isolating you from your support network, that person is getting ready to have a one-on-one relationship with you and you are not allowed to have anybody else in your life. And when that happens now... You are 100% reliant on this person for everything that happens in your existence. Now,
0: there are Look other... out
1: when you make him or her jealous.
0: There are other things which in a normal relationship may pop up every now and then, but in an abusive relationship are part of the currency of what makes it work. Sulking, blackmailing, like, well, I supported you all those years that you did this, so why do you think you can do this now or whatever? Um Threatening, but not like I'm going to kill you, but like really subtle threats. Well, if you don't do it now, you know what we said about that thing out the back that da 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 da. Just very, very subtle. But even just the, the 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 sulking, like turning their back
1: on you and not communicating properly when you're asking for a proper chat, because they will withdraw when they have made you completely dependent on them for your entire love tank to be filled by them they will withdraw that as punishment to you. They will punish you, so you have to earn it back. And it's you are a naughty little boy or girl and you need to turn around and behave the way I want you to and then I will give you my love back. And I'm thinking of parents as well who are quite abusive, you know, with their children who,
0: you know, they'll always put down that nothing's ever good enough. The child didn't get enough of a good grade. The child's career choice isn't acceptable. The child's friend choice isn't acceptable. The child's sexuality isn't acceptable. And this can happen as well in partnerships. It's this constant, subtle... Well, are you sure that you should be getting advice from that person? Because I don't know if they're the right one to be advising you. And well, are you sure that's a really good idea? Because I know a lot of people who failed at doing that. It's just this constant erosion of self-worth and self-esteem, which of course eventually leaves the person who is the victim having nothing left to use to to extricate themselves from the situation let alone even stick up for themselves around the kitchen counter in an argument or or even raise the conversation where they question they can't they get to the point where they can't even their voice is so suppressed and not heard they can't even send an email or a text message to to the abuser
1: without enormous layers of fear attached to it so what do you do if you're in the early stages of a friendship, a, a, a business relationship or dating or relationship with a partner? What do you do if you're starting to get some of these red flags? Now, in the early stages, it's actually quite safe to test because these people are not going to go from... from um, from exhibiting early warning signs to throwing your head against a wall or um, having you get fired from your job or isolated from your friendship group. That's not going to happen that fast. So you test and measure. So you actually have to show some true independence and go against the grain of something. So select wisely and test. So you start to show defiance, not in a strong defiant way, but just a little defiance and see what happens. Does the black mood get triggered? Does the manipulation escalate? And if it does, run for the hills. Run. Don't stop. Don't collect anything. Get out. If, on the other hand, they kind of sit there and they're like, oh, and they're a little bit shocked of, well, that's not how it's always been, but, oh, you want to do that? Um, okay, all right. Well, then that's just a bit of a codependency thing that hasn't been uh, healthily structured in the early stages and you can fix that up. Com- that that reaction is important to see. The common thing we always hear
0: people say is, well, why did she stay with him if he hit her? Why would they put up with that behaviour? I'd leave that job or I'd I'd tell that parent where to go and cut them out or... And it is, it is hard for people who are, who are quite normal functioning and just living lives that don't involve any level of this kind of drama to really understand, you know, when the, the abused lady on the talk show says, but I love him, you know. We need to understand some of the psychology behind this and we need to understand that the victim is a person who has, I mean, it just sounds so basic to have to say this, but has some serious... Self-love and self-worth issues.
1: Oh, absolutely. Deficits.
0: It's always always low self-worth every single time. People will say, but Rebecca, when I met him, I was the best I'd ever been. I'd just bought my own home. I'd I'd just travelled Europe. I was working in my own job and I had a really good social life. And that's when he walked in the door. Yes, but it's because of the deeper wounds from childhood or whatever had never really been dealt with. You might have figured out how to get your life moving on a whole bunch of levels, finally after 20 or 30 years, maybe out of a bad house from childhood. But the original issues have not yet played out in full because they've never been dealt with, and here comes the knight in shining armor or the princess that you've always dreamt of, who seems from the beginning to be so perfect it can't—it's too good to be true. That's right, and they are. That's they right, they are, and they're here to help you do that clean-up job work on. The, the part of yourself that still needs to toughen up and grow and they are here to be your teachers your mm. biggest hardest teachers so the biggest message of course for abusive relationships or anyone that finds themselves in life and because this is what Jane and I were saying when we we're talking about this show before we started recording look many days of the week a new person is going to enter your energy field Many days of the week, a new person, a new client will walk in the door for a job to work with, a new boss might come into the business, um, a new person might pop up on the dating scene, a new friend might enter a social group. And when that person first enters your energy field, you're immediately faced with choices about reading their energy and what to do with this new person's energy and how you resonate it and what you're going to begin to do with that dynamic. If you've had abusive episodes in the past I hope that it now means that you're the kind of person who walks through life with eyes wide open. If you've never had abusive episodes in the past or not anything as extreme of some, some of the stuff Jane and I've mentioned, you still should be walking through life every day with eyes wide opened. This is what we mean by conscious awareness, conscious emotional, spiritual awareness and responsibility. It means that You do not have to accept everybody who walks into your life. Of course, it's a spiritual sort of a a value to accept everyone and love everyone. But it's also a spiritual value to protect yourself and honor yourself. And that happens when you're a person who understands where you begin and end and somebody else's energy starts and finishes and where those boundaries or parameters are. And that can take some fine honing. It really, really does. And the people who are the bullies or the dominant voices in our life are the ones who come in to teach us how to get better and stronger and quicker at recognising and setting down parameters.
1: Do you want to say something at this point, Jane? I think I just want to really say, um, so there's two roles here. The one is the role of somebody that's witnessing this. Uh, So you're not in it, but you're witnessing it about somebody that you care for. Just continue to support them with their own self-worth and self-belief. Remind them of their their worth and you can't force them to get out of something until they're ready to get out of it. So try your best to support. Maybe you might have to find, like I've had to do sometimes, you've got to step away. Yeah. But if you are the person that's in this vulnerable pocket, really, really re-listen to this podcast over and over and over again until you really understand what every single one of those very early warning signs are. Because I'm going to tell you, that's the first time I've gone into that energy of what those really super, super tiny ones are. And I'm telling you, they're spot on. So if you can master looking for those, you will be safe. You will be so
0: used to not believing in yourself that it'll be very hard for you to come to the realisation that you are actually a victim that you have actually been abused probably a lot worse than you've actually admitted to yourself, Um, that the things that you've told yourself don't really constitute abuse are actual, dead-set, legit textbook psychology abuse... And that it is your human right to happiness, despite what anybody tells you, despite what anybody else's agenda are, despite what your guilts or fears are, despite being labelled as selfish, which you will be labelled the minute you try and speak up and ask for anything of your own, any thought, any feeling, any action, any behaviour, any want, any need, you will immediately be called selfish by the perpetrator. It's a real minefield. It's, it's, It's such a deep, deep, deep lesson. And like Jane just touched on, Those of us who know someone who is currently trapped in that kind of situation. I've had a girlfriend in a terrible marriage for years and I've reached the point where I've had to recorrect my own energy boundaries on it. I have given and given and given until I'm drained. I have talked and talked and talked till I'm blue in the face. I have hoped and hoped and hoped for a better outcome for her. And she keeps perpetuating and enabling her abuse. So there comes a point When you go, hands off the steering wheel, and you step back, you don't you don't depart. You wait with support and love, and offers of help when they ask for it. That's where I've had to do the
1: same thing: is when they ask for it.
0: Because anything else is a waste of your energy. They're not ready to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They're still learning the lesson. They're in the thick of it. They're in the middle of the experience. I. I realise if you're a mother who comes to me because your 21-year-old child is in a terrible, abusive, toxic relationship, that's a hard position to be in as a parent. But that child is now an adult and they are having the deepest soul growth learning they can ever, ever have. You can be there as close as you can be, but it's by not interfering and meddling too much. So that often makes it worse in an abusive relationship. Yes. And so you've got to be very, very careful that you're not upsetting the victim more with more stress than they already need or already have um, in their job. And also mortality. that you're not triggering the perpetrator. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's, it's a fine line to walk with this kind of stuff. Um, I want to tell a quick story about a girlfriend of mine who actually rang me up the other night and she said, Rebecca... I'm just really worried about this new relationship I'm in because I don't feel any real zinging, zapping chemistry for him. And I laughed and I said, I'm so proud and this is great. Now, the backstory to this is she had an emotionally abusive marriage followed by a relationship with a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder guy who really mistreated her. She had high high levels of chemistry with that guy. She was in love with him from the first date. She and him were, I have never seen anything like it. It's like the people that you've known for years who you know really well, how fast they change under the influence of an abuser. She would be running out of parties on the phone demanding I turn my car around and go back and pick him up and all kinds of crazy stuff. And she's a very strong, independent woman. So I was flabbergasted when I watched her go through that abusive relationship. She learned from it. She came out the other side. She learned how to shut him down. She got rid of him. She strengthened. She strengthened and healed. She did the work. And now she's attracted in a beautiful, normal, funny, nice, balanced, caring, thoughtful, generous individual. And she's freaking out because she's wondering where all the drama is. Mm. And there's a fantastic book I've mentioned before on this show and I've recommended to many of my clients. It's called Deeper Dating by Ken Page. Ken Page talks about attractions of deprivation and attractions of inspiration. And he's the first one to say, listen, when you meet the bad boy or the person who's just that bit dangerous or you can't quite trust them or they're just not that good for you, it is going to feel sexy and exciting because – your intuition is going full blown at you it's kind of screaming at you and bells are going off, but it's kind of there's usually a lot of sexual chemistry or a strong feelings of love because the inner child's coming out and looking for that codependent person to take care of them. That person seems to be all over you and giving you so much attention, and everything's being fed. It feels like the love tank's being topped up and it just it's almost like an ab, over abnormal um, feelings of high level good feeling emotion Ken Page says. If you're with somebody and there's nothing there but kind of kindness and warmth and caring, and you're kind of like, well, where's the fire? Where's the chemistry? Where's the the bang? You don't get that with the normal people. That comes through layering. It comes through time. It comes through building history with someone. It comes as the heart slowly warms up, trusts, and allows in. And that, incidentally, is why arranged marriages have such excellent statistics, because two strangers who... The parents or friends have come together and chosen because they know each of the individuals so well, has put people together who then over time gradually have to earn each other's love and layer it slowly and deeply and beautifully. A lot of the time that will happen in an arranged pairing, which is very interesting. And I mention the friends and family because once again, they are, like we said about 20 minutes ago, the first people who will say to you, why you started wearing clothes that look like that? You never used to dress like that. Why is it that you're not coming to the, to, the, to the gardening club on Saturday? You love gardening club. you know. So really, really pay attention to the voices of those you love. They're not always being annoying nags. Often they can see the things that you haven't yet admitted to yourself and those warning signs. Emotional pain is a
1: reminder to place myself first.
0: We know that you guys always place yourself first, and that's why you listen to Love Life Show every week. It's something that you do for yourselves to encourage your own journeys expand, grow, challenge yourselves, think and love yourself at deeper levels than ever before. Jane and I are here to assist you with that. If you want us to specifically tailor individual sessions to your wants and needs, to your situation, Jane and I both have our own styles of doing that. You'll find our counselling services available on lovelifeshow.com. You can um, donate to our show to keep it going ad-free and every Wednesday, good quality, um, any amount that you feel if it's worth a cup of coffee to you, if it's worth you know buying a book of off off amazon to you if it's the equivalent of that price of self-help to you then please um, contribute to us we would love we would really appreciate and be in full gratitude for anything that you can show us in that regard and of course we have all of our backlog of um, 173 other episodes covering off lots of the topics that we mentioned in brief today but in full in proper half hour shows so until this time next week be very loving with yourself listen to yourself be highly observant and only ever expect the best from yourself in this lifetime. It is your God-given right to do so. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it.
1: it's just happening.